Let's uh, welcome into the program Scott Chasen from Kansas 247 Sports. Scott, good morning. Thanks for your time, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's talk about this KU football team in 2020. Obviously, a incredibly disappointing loss to open the season. And then the, the Jayhawks had to basically sit on that uh, that feeling for two weeks. So I would imagine they're coming to Waco ready to go. Yeah, look, it's funny because I've been kind of pondering whether or not it was better uh, to have that extra week to sit with because, you know, you think back to last year and and Kansas had another loss to Coastal Carolina that uh, it wasn't as, you know, notable for the score, I guess you would say. They didn't get down 28 to nothing. In fact, the final score was 12 to 7. It was, um, I guess, just for lack of, you know, the right words, it was one of the worst football games that I think most fans have watched and certainly that I've covered that. The Jayhawks scored in the first possession. They didn't score again. Coastal Carolina missed, uh, I think, multiple kicks and, and an extra point or something. And it's just one of those games where it felt like, gosh, neither one of these teams has any direction. And then Kansas, the very next week, comes out and stomps Boston College 48-24. Uh, to 24. So, um, you know, it, it, it's really tough to tell if, that, you know, playing the next week would have been better for Kansas or if just sitting for, for that extra week in part because, you know, Kansas didn't have a spring. I know that's the case for a lot of teams. Uh, but when you're working in a new offensive coordinator, uh, a new quarterback, and a bunch of new players, uh, especially most of which uh, are freshmen, and, and, you know, I think only like six or seven would have been on campus as early enrollees, but it's uh, still important to get those guys in. I, I think uh, for Kansas, they, they really needed that practice time, especially in the offensive line. You were replacing every start at left tackle and right tackle. And I'll tell you what, it absolutely showed in that first game. If you wanted to talk about problem areas, I think you start with that offensive line. You go to the defensive line, too, which lost, I believe, uh, one 12-game starter and another 10-game starter. But, man, those lines were rough against Coastal Carolina. When you talk about those offensive lines, Les Miles an offensive line guy. I mean, he coached the offensive line at Michigan, he coached the offensive line at Colorado, uh, he's he's an offensive line guy, and I know it's something that he's wanting to rebuild. Talk to us a little bit about the recruiting philosophy and what what Les is trying to do. I know that the previous staff was kind of big into signing some JUCO guys, and 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 some of those guys are still on you know with the program. Some of them aren't, but talk to us a little bit about what Les is doing from a recruiting standpoint and trying to really do some things down in the state of Texas to to help Kansas recruiting. Yeah, look, if you had talked to, to Kansas media before uh, Les Miles' first season, uh, or maybe some, some fans too, they would have said, hey, year one will be interesting. There's still some guys on this roster. But if Les Miles does things the right way, and by the right way, I mean taking only high school players. And, and at LSU, that was you know mostly what he did, a, a very high majority of, of high school players uh, in recruiting classes. Year two is going to be the tough year for Les Miles because you're going to graduate uh, because of decisions made by David Beatty, like you kind of alluded to, uh, about, you know, give or take 60-plus-ish uh, scholarship players in, uh, you know, his, his first two eighth graduating classes, and he's only going to be able to bring in about 40 guys. Um, again, because of numbers made by David Beatty to kind of overload on, a, on prior classes. And, you know, when you think about that already being at a deficit there of like, you know, 15-ish, 20-ish, maybe a little less than that players, and then you consider you're bringing in high school players, you know, you, you expect that, hey, they, there are going to be some problems. You know, uh, Les Miles took 25 high school seniors, or 26, I guess, um, in the last recruiting class. Some of those guys are, are going to help. Karan Prunty, uh, a cornerback, he was excellent uh, in the first game, although he did have 
uh, one pass interference penalty. You had uh, L.J. Arnold, who another freshman wide receiver out of Texas, um, who tipped up a pass that was intercepted. He clearly, um, you know, maybe had some jitters, maybe a little bit nervous in that first game, but but they have really high hopes for him. Uh, the difference is normally you would have a player who's a junior or a senior, and, you know, as you know, covering a, a competent football program, ready to step in in that position. Uh, and Kansas has been in a hole there. Charlie Weiss was, was really the one who put them in that hole. Uh, David Beatty came with the promise of getting KU out of it. And in his last recruiting class, he took 17, 17 JUCO players. So this is going to be a rebuild for Les Miles, especially in the offensive line. Les Miles, because of a, a much smaller class in 2019 and a, a very uh, small amount of time to put it together, he was hired at the end of the year. Um, he, was not, he did not bring in any scholarship alignment in year one. Uh, the Jayhawks thought they had some pieces coming back that they could rely on, and one of those pieces decided to opt out. He's now in the transfer portal. He was one of their tackle candidates. And, and the other one, who's been you know, groomed to be the left tackle of the future for like four years, it seems like, uh, just quite frankly wasn't very good. So I think that's the problem Les Miles is facing right now. But because of the athletic director being Jeff Long, who has his full support, you know, he probably feels a full sense of support. I expect him to continue to build this way the right way. Uh, it, may, it may make Kansas a, a really rough team to watch this year and probably a really rough team to watch next year. But I think KU fans, even if they're not happy about it now, in 2022 uh, will start to be grateful that they have a program with a full number of scholarships again. What's the status of uh, Puka Williams, and how ready is Velton Gardner going to be if uh, Williams can't go this weekend? I'm a big fan of Velton Gardner just from a perspective of I think he can do a lot of those same things Puka uh, can do. And, you know, uh, the Chiefs are are a local team here, and when I watch uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire play, uh, I see some Velton Gardner there just in the way to to cut in the open field and make people miss. And uh, But obviously, you know, Puka Williams, 1,000-yard rusher two years in a row, first team all big 12 two years in a row uh, such a dynamic player that uh, really gives Kansas probably you know not the best running back in the big 12 because you know you'd have to go to, to Oklahoma State for that but probably the best duo of running backs at the big 12 again considering he's been first team all big 12 two years in a row uh, he was a little dinged up in the opener we didn't get uh, much specifics on that from Les Miles he likes to be pretty withholding with injuries uh, but he did say on on his radio show that uh, he was glad that he wasn't forced to make a decision on Puka last week. Uh, he thinks he'll be good to go going into this week. So uh, because of the kind of RPO system, Puka's touches can fluctuate if Baylor decides to load the box against Kansas. Uh, it'll be more of a, a passing attack and a passing strategy. And honestly, uh, if I were Baylor, that's exactly what I would do. I would dare uh, whoever the Kansas quarterback is to beat me. But um, I expect Puka Williams to be more healthy than he was uh, I, I guess certainly at the end of that Coastal Carolina game, and I, I expect him to be, at least based off what we've been told, uh, fairly close to 100%. He's a guy that averages six yards a carry. Talk, Just talk about how what he does with the football. I mean, just kind of describe his running style and what we can expect to see on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, he's impossible to tackle with the first guy. I think, well, uh, he, I believe, is first uh, in the – I don't remember the last 10 years or what, according to Pro Football Focus, and uh, carries with uh, forcing a missed tackle. I believe he had the most uh, forced missed tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He actually led the nation with eight uh, forced missed tackles in game one on only 12 carries. So that, that gives you an idea as to the type of runner he is. And you mentioned, hey, six yards a carry. 
Uh, I would say it should be much higher than that. He averaged over seven yards a carry as a freshman. And the only reason that number came down is, well, Kansas was still figuring out the offense last year uh, under Wes Kenning and uh, some maybe some murmurs that Les Miles was being a little too involved. Uh, the Jayhawks were running a lot of uh, plays that, that you'd be able to get away with if you're LSU and Leonard uh, Fournette as your running back, that maybe when you don't have the offensive line to just say, hey, there might be nine guys in the box. We're running it straight up the middle. You know, We're going to see what happens anyway. Kansas took that approach at times. I think uh, fans grew a little tired of that. I think it's also part of what led to the changes of Brent Deerman as offensive coordinator. And now, by the way, it does appear that Brent Deerman, at least through one game, uh, has been able to actually call his offense and do his thing. But, yeah, Pope Williams is just so tough to tackle. He's a small guy. Uh, he's probably like 5'10-ish, uh, but he's so incredibly strong. He, he is basically unafraid to, to put someone on the ground, to stiff-arm someone, to lower his shoulder. Uh, and he keeps his balance so well. He's so agile. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I can think of multiple plays where he's pulled off some kind of a spin move while getting tackled just by, like, sticking his offhand out, putting it on the ground, using it to keep balance, gets up and runs for, you know, 10 more yards. And, oh, by the way, this is a guy who had 252 rushing yards in the game as a freshman that he also threw a 10-yard touchdown pass in that game. So he's just a dynamic, dynamic athlete. I know he was somewhat of a folk legend in uh, Louisiana for his ridiculous numbers in his high school career, but he, he is a very fun player to watch, and there's not a doubt in my mind he's going to be an NFL draft pick this year. You mentioned the three quarterbacks. Do you have any idea when y'all might have a, a, a know who the starter will be coming into Baylor? Well, uh, under Les Miles, the Kansas approach has been to not even name one the day before the game, not even name one to the quarterbacks. And really, uh, the quarterback finds out when he starts taking a few more snaps in practice. And then for sure, when uh, the game starts and Les Miles turns to him and says, hey, it's your turn, go get on the field. Uh, so it'll, it'll be a little bit until uh, I think we have a definitive answer. I think the biggest question is the health of Thomas McVitie and his shoulder. Um, his his stats were unassuming. If you, if you, uh, you know, go back and look at that box score, I think he had 20 passing yards, but uh, kind of lost in the box score. He moved the offense for five first downs, uh, I believe three by rushing, two by penalty on pass plays. Uh, and beyond that, uh, he had a pass drop. His interception was tipped up in the air by a freshman wide receiver. So pro football focus actually rated his grade higher than Miles Kendrick, the other quarterback who had some pretty good numbers. Uh, and then finally, uh, freshman Jalen Daniels would be the third guy. I don't expect it to be Jalen Daniels this early in the year. I think probably him for later in the year. And quite frankly, even though Les Miles said he thinks Thomas McVitie will be, you know, expected to play or likely moving in that, that direction, I'm not sure how much I trust that either. Uh, I, it wouldn't shock me if he were a little too dinged up to go and, and it were Miles Kendrick. Hey, hey, Scott, what uh, what can we see and what can we find on uh, on Kansas 247 Sports? Uh, well, uh, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, but uh, right now stories about, uh, you know, Corey Owen Harris coming back. He's changing positions. A look at the wide receivers unit for Kansas, which uh, should be one of the best in the Big 12, really disappointed in game one. And uh, some coverage on Gale Sayers, too, who obviously passed away. I'm working on something right now. Uh, sounds like Kansas is dedicating a statue to him. That'll be uh, that'll be out for the Oklahoma State game. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, we appreciate your time, and uh, and thanks for visiting with us today. Yep, thanks for having me. That's Scott Chasen from Kansas 247 Sports.